Isn't it a great day? God's plans are moving forward in the earth, and it is a great day. Praise the Lord. Um, I'm glad that you're here. Thank you guys for coming, you brave ones, braving the rain and the wind and the coldness. Okay, braving the rain. You're here. Praise the Lord. (laughs) That's a good thing. All right. We'll go back to... um, I think we started here last week. Let's go back to Isaiah again, chapter 40, if we might. We'll share a little bit and then we'll obviously spend time praying. Thank you, Lord. And it says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. The voice of him that cries in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord and make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And so, um, as we move forward today, um, you know, if we could see into the spirit realm, we would see that there's a landscape to the, to the spirit realm where we are, where Manchester is right now. There's a spiritual landscape. And before, um, the first coming of the Lord, there was some landscaping that needed to be done in preparation for the coming of the Lord. And it was done through, it was done through the voice of a man. And, um, actually more than one man, but we see referenced here. Does anybody know who's being referenced here? Yes. John the Baptist. And we know that he came and he prepared, he, um, prepared the way of the Lord. Now there were a lot of people over the course of time, you know, that the, that God used to prophesy and to pray into the plan of redemption. And we know the scripture lets us know that redemption was a mystery. And so, um, you know, before Jesus did what he did, nobody really had a clue, um, how God would ever come to live within man. He had, people had absolutely no idea. And so, you know, the Bible lets us know that it was a mystery and so things were prayed into, things were, were prophesied about concerning the greater plans and purposes of God that was beyond man's scrutiny or man's ability to comprehend or invent or dream or have an idea about even, to be able to even touch it with his mind. And we know if we can turn over to Isaiah chapter 55. And it says this, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, God speaking, so are my ways higher than your ways. Talking about the ways of men and my thoughts than your thoughts. How many of you believe that God has bigger thoughts than we do? That God knows more than we do. He absolutely does. And we know that he does. And then he goes on and he says, 
Um, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not hither, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. So we know that God's word is alive. It's like seed. His word is always fruitful. And when his word goes forth, it goes forth in seed form, but there's life within it, the potential for all that it's to create, all the fruit that it's to bear is within that seed. And at the right time and under the right circumstances, that seed springs to life, doesn't it? And it grows up and the whole intent of seed being sown is that there would ultimately be what? A harvest. Okay. And so he says, my word will not return to me void, but it will accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing where unto I sent it. And so we see that God's word, God's word goes forth into the earth to produce something. What does it produce? What does God's word produce? It produces life a little more. Maybe, um, this isn't, I'm, it's not a trick question. What else does God's word produce? What does it produce? Health, faith. I'm sorry. Prosperity. Absolutely. What else does God's word produce? I'm sorry. God's desire and God's purposes. Exactly right. God's word goes forth out of his mouth because God's got a plan. He's got a desired end, doesn't he? He has, he has a purpose. He's got a purpose. And the way his purpose gets fulfilled is his word has to be sown into the, you know, into the earth realm, right? For it to be able to produce a harvest. And the Bible says that it will produce what he sends it to produce. I'm going to say that again. God's word will produce what he sends it to produce. So when God by his spirit moved on prophets to prophesy about nations. It wasn't wishful thinking. That wasn't the idea of a man. That word was intentionally being sown. The seed was intentionally being sown and given because God had a desired result. God's word in our mouths. He has a purpose in putting his word in our mouths. And it's because um, he wants to bring his will and his plan to earth. He wants to bring it to pass, doesn't he? God's word is alive. God's word has not lost its power. God's word is alive, is as alive today as it's ever been. And God's word, God is all about his word coming to pass. Now, why are we kind of getting on this? Because you know, there have been words, I don't have all those words, but there have been words of prophecy over this ministry. This ministry is a key type of ministry. 
doesn't mean that it's better than anybody else. It doesn't, you know, none of that. We're throwing all that out. That's man's ideas, isn't it? But it does mean that, um, and, and in a sense, I suppose every ministry is like that. But there are, let's put it in these terms. There is an impact that God wants to make through this ministry. Through World Harvest Bible Church. And through you that are part of this church. All of us that have been gathered together here. We all have a part in it. And it's been said of this ministry that it's a base. Isn't that right? I'm not making that up, right, Pastor Allen? <laughs> okay. Because sometimes, you know, when you pray about things, you get things in your heart. And I'm like, okay, just tell me. If, if I say anything that I'm making up, then let me know. Like, no, where'd you get that? Okay. But this, this ministry is, is a base. And a base is something I think of, I think of it this way, like, uh, um, equating it maybe with a NASA project, you know, aeronautics and all of that kind of stuff, you know, how there's a base from which things are launched. Okay. And in order for things to be effectively launched, the base has to remain strong. The base has to be everything that God intends the base to be so that the reproducing, the launching of that which God would have come forth through here would happen. Now, that can mean um, physically ministries would come and go from here, and we're seeing that already, aren't we? And it can also, it can also come back to the things that God places in you through prayer to pray out. When God gives us parts of the plan to pray out, I like to say it this way. He entrusts us with parts of the plan, which is amazing to me. You know what that means is that he trusts us to do what we need to do. And he entrusts us with parts of his plan And as we pray, and it's so important that you remember that prayer originates with God. It does not originate with us. Prayers shouldn't um, be um, always um, crisis prayers. Or prayers that are arising out of circumstances. That's where we take our cue to pray. No. We want to take our cue to pray from here, from our hearts. We want to hook up with the Holy Spirit, right? Because the Holy Spirit knows what's coming. He knows what needs to happen. And so as we partner with him and work with him, prayer always really originates with him because we're praying out God's plans and purposes. And the Bible makes it clear that unless the Holy Spirit brings enlightenment. Let's turn over to first Corinthians chapter two. And we'll see this here. In the old Testament, he said, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And in first Corinthians chapter two, and then verse nine, It says, I'm reading from the Amplified, but on the contrary, as the scripture says, what eye has not seen and ear has not heard and has not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared, made and keeps ready for those who love him. 
who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him and gratefully recognizing the benefits that he has bestowed. Yet to us, yet to us, God has unveiled and revealed them. What? Things not seen and things not heard with the natural senses. Things that things that are in God's heart regarding his plans and purposes that we could never touch with our minds. We're not smart enough. We're not bright enough. We can't be educated enough. We're not gifted enough to think what God thinks. He's got to bring revelation to us of what's in his heart. Okay. And so it says, yet to us, God has unveiled and revealed them by and through his spirit. And this is how and why. For the Holy Spirit searches diligently. The Holy Spirit has a job and he's diligently doing his part of the job. He's searching the heart of God. What is he searching out? God's desires, God's heart, God's plans. And it says this, exploring and examining everything, even sounding the profound and the bottomless things of God, divine counsels and things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny. Okay. For what person perceives, knows and understand stands what passes through a man's thought, except the man's own spirit within him. I don't know what's passing through your mind. I maybe could guess by the look on your face or by certain things that come out of your mouth. But do I have insight into everything that's going through your mind or that's in your heart? No, I don't. Your spirit does. And the Bible's giving us that as an example. The Holy Spirit knows everything that's going on in God's heart and mind. Okay. Just so no one discerns, no one, no one else comes to discern and know and comprehend the thoughts of God, except the spirit of God. Now we have not received the spirit that belongs to the world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God given to us that we might realize and comprehend and appreciate the gifts of divine favor and blessing so freely and lavishly bestowed on us by God. And we are setting these truths forth in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Holy Spirit, combining and interpreting spiritual truths with spiritual language to those who possess the Holy Spirit. And so it's really interesting, but because the Holy Spirit's come to live within us and because we've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and we're able to pray in other tongues, we can access parts of the planning, uh, the plans and purposes of God and pray out things for which we have no natural understanding. It really enlarges our prayer capacity and our ability to cooperate with God in prayer. Okay. And so I've said all this to say there are parts to the plan. Do I know all the parts of the plan for this place? Certainly not. Does your pastor, he's got a lot more idea than I do because God's, you know, given vision and direction through pastors, Alan and Claire, right? For this congregation, but he doesn't know all 
because it's a walk of faith, isn't it? And so we take those words that the Holy Spirit's given prophetically, and we take, obviously, first of all, what Scripture says, and we take prophetically words that have been given, and we always weigh and evaluate those words in line with God's written word. Isn't that right? Because that's how we keep sound and we keep solid. We're not just moved by prophetic word, right? We know that. Um, but we take those things and we begin to pray in it. So as we go into prayer tonight, what's really in my heart, and we kind of started out there last week as well, but praying into the base here, the base of operations, we could say. Doesn't that sound like strategic? It sounds military in a sense, doesn't it? But this is um, a base of operations for things that the Lord wants to do. This is where, you know, like I said, is it the only base of operations in the city? No, it's not. But regarding, you know, our prayer assignment and nations that we're to touch and reach and things that are to be done that do have effect on this city and this nation and nations, we want to pray into those things. So... As we go to pray um, about the base, or, you know, um, obviously adhering to that foundation of the word, continuing to adhere to that foundation of the word that's been established. But over and above that, there are what, in a sense, what else strengthens the base? Well, the base isn't, you know, it's not a structure. The base is made up of people. It's made up of people and people carry what, what has God placed in people? His spirit, his word. What else? Callings, destinies, gifts. And so when God assembles, you know, you can have, um, at Christmas time, I don't know how they do things here in the States. You know, you can go somewhere like Walmart or Target and you can buy a bike for your child. And, you know, on the package, it says some assembly required. It comes in a box. It looks nothing like a bike, right? When you get it home and you open it up and you dump it out, all the pieces are there. And you begin looking at all the directions and you have to, parents, you know, put stuff together, right? So that it's going to actually look like a bike. And hopefully if you've done it right, it will function like a bike. But assembly is required. So within a base, a church like this, God begins to draw in people who carry within them gifts, calls, destinies, that are meant to assemble, or we could say work together to produce what needs to be produced so that as a body we can function and see God's plan and destiny for this base fulfilled. Does that make sense? So as we pray in the base today, we're praying, you know, um, in my heart, there are leaders I'm thinking about, you know, the, the church launch that's going to be happening soon that they've talked about with Pastor Matthew and Fina. They've been awesome leaders here. Isn't that right? They're going, um, you know, and so when you see, when you see a shift sometimes in leadership, there are places that need to be filled in. There are things, places God's place for people where they need to step up and into their calling. Paul said about himself that he was an apostle called by God. And sometimes in prayer, we pray it this way, calls or calling. 
There was something in us calling to obey the Lord, you know, but what brought us here was God's call. Calling. It's like that call is like a draw. And so for those that are within this body that need to be functioning at this time and in this season, as we begin to call for that, it's like we put a draw. Does that make sense? We're drawing what's in people out. And these things are priceless, wonderful treasures and gifts that we have to have as a body. We have to. And so we're, in a sense, going to do a little digging and unearthing tonight, but praying for people to get into their places. There may be people in the city, in this nation, in other nations, that the Lord, because it's in his plan and destiny that they would be here, calls are calling. Calls are calling. What happens? People awaken. They awaken to their destiny. What happens? That part of God's plan that was beyond their scrutiny, their intellect, the Holy Spirit by revelation brings them understanding of something they didn't see and know before. And we have a part in that through our prayers. Does that make sense? Okay. Everybody's kind of looking at me. Are you guys getting all this? All right. Are you following me or are you like, wow, she's freaking me out? (laughs) Okay. Um, just because, you know, I don't know all of you yet. And anyway, but you know, this is this to me, um, I'm so glad that's great. That's awesome. Calling into place people. And this is the deal. God has specific things for each of us to do. He does. And, you know, in a sense, when you come into a church or ministry, we have to have this mindset. We have to be so mandate minded that this is our heart. Whatever it is, I'll do it. Whatever it is, I'll do it. And I'll work hard doing it. But as we go along and in the process, as we're walking with the Lord, we find that he brings revelation, that things begin to come out of us and it becomes recognizable. Oh, You've been functioning here and you've done a great job, but you know what? Now it's time for you to be here. There's certain things in you. We need you here, right? And so that's why it's so important that we be praying for leaders, that we be praying for one another, that we be praying into all of this so that the Holy Spirit is able to move in people's eyes, spiritually speaking, would be open. Their ears, spiritually speaking, would be opened so that they would know and understand, know and understand. All right. Does that make sense? One last scripture and then we'll pray. Are you guys good with this? Praise the Lord. All right. Ephesians chapter one. And beginning with verse 17, I'll read from the amplified. This is a great prayer to pray over yourself, your family, your leaders, Um, every day or with a measure of frequency, I guess I don't want to dictate how often, but you know, with a measure of frequency, it's good for you to pray this for. I always pray to God, the father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the father of glory, 
that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insights into mysteries and secrets. And I want to ask you a question. Mysteries and secrets. Who is it a mystery and secret to? Is it a mystery and secret to God? No. God knows the plan. It's a mystery and secret to us, isn't it? And so the answer is this. Paul said, I pray for you that the spirit of wisdom and understanding would give unto you, would grant that he would grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight. Revelation is insight into mysteries and secrets, things that you couldn't know otherwise. In the deep and intimate knowledge of him, because the more we know him, the more we come to know and understand what we're to do and who we are. Okay. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set apart ones. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in his own right hand. Paul said, we can come to know and understand that kind of power. But it takes the spirit of wisdom and revelation flooding the eyes of our understanding with light. When we get revelation of who he is and revelation of who we are in him, it changes. It changes how we walk. It changes how we talk. It changes our priorities, doesn't it? And what becomes paramount in our lives then is his plan and his purpose, his mandate It becomes about him and not about us. And then when we get there, I'm telling you, there is some kind of unity that happens when a people come to know and understand his glorious plan and his power to get the job done. It becomes all about him and not about us at all. And that way, that eliminates competition, vying for position, having to have a title. It doesn't make any difference. Because you know what? We see that we're all valuable to getting the work done. And that's what's most valuable is that the work be done. Right? The mandate be accomplished.